0: to death that nefesh it's wrong about literally everything
1: I'm ready to cut loose myself (laughs) the Christian experience has to be sacrificed Mm.
0: you have to have that soldier attitude I don't care what they think I'm here to obey the Apostolic Commandment I want to fulfill God's will for my life
1: which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect greetings bless you guys
0: in the name of jesus welcome
1: you're tuned in to rlm tv live from clearwater beach florida usa and it's good to be in the glory god wants you to connect to his spirit and go deeper in the glory one of the greatest verses in the bible they're all great but this one's great right now the knowledge of the shekinah shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea habakkuk 2 14 what does it mean as water covers the sea it means they shall all know the lord it is written but they shall know the lord differently like the waters of the sea whereas the surface is all the same and yet in depth it differs greatly we want the depth we don't want just the surface things of christianity the surface things about god we want to go into god and experience the deep things of the father that he has stored up for the sons during these times that's going to take a different level of consecration a different level of commitment they're going to think you're too radical they'll say you're overzealous they'll say that you you know are doing things wrong they'll be critics guys We're not going to be able to please everyone. We're going to be able to please the Holy Spirit. And in pleasing the Holy Spirit, you'll please the right ones. You'll make the ones that love God exceedingly happy. And I tell you the truth, you're not alone. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of people that really love Jesus. The issue is what did Jesus say in his first coming? They're like sheep, which means they are truly the children of Jacob, they are the offspring of the covenant he called them sheep, but he said, they're without a shepherd. Now they had pastors. They had synagogue rabbis. They had thousands of full-time ministers, guys, thousands. And yet Jesus Christ said they didn't even have one shepherd. (laughs) One of the greatest rabbis goes to Jesus at night. You heard of him, Nicodemus. You're the teacher of Israel and you don't know these things. What he was saying is, all of your understanding of torah is earthly unspiritual and actually pretty worthless you need to understand the things abo- above if you don't understand these concepts what would happen if i unveil the kingdom jesus christ says so there are elevations and steps of understanding god's word it starts with an open heart who inherits the understanding of the heavenly word the little children now what is a little child doesn't mean that you have to become little children again it means you have to become humble and teachable the children know how to learn well most of them you know they come in they realize they don't know anything they're in an adult world and they want to learn stuff so they look up to people when you're adult oftentimes you lose that childlike aspect of being teachable That's what Jesus requires. He said in the gospel in order to inherit his kingdom. So we need to be children again. A lot of people tune in their demons immediately just shut them down from learning or receiving anything. You see that all the time on YouTube and Facebook, people can't receive because they're so bound up by darkness i tell you the truth the word of god will thunder from zion and loose the people from their darkness they'll no longer be irritated by the things of god they'll be intoxicated by the things of god they'll be drinking the best wine save for last as it's written that is the wine of the sephirot That's the wine of the marriage supper of the Lamb as it's written in Revelation. And it's in the heavenly realm for those who know how to ascend biblically. And this is an internal ascension that always requires a sacrifice. Now, we say, oh, obedience is better than sacrifice. I've never seen obedience without sacrifice. What he's saying is you can't just go out here and do a burnt offering and think you're right with God. In the new covenant context is you can't just go to church do the christian stuff on the outside and think your heart's right with god it needs to be from the spirit from the heart we need to be in the realm of the invisible as it's written jesus christ knew what everyone was thinking in their hearts what does that mean that's the area he was interested in what area is jesus christ interested in your life he wants to clean up every area okay he'll clean it all up but he focuses on the heart that's the invisible person your spirit man that's the most important part of you and from the spirit part of you flows all the issues of life god wants to regenerate his spirit inside your spirit so that out of your belly flows rivers of living water for those who believe john seven thirty it is written and i tell you the truth He will deliver you from the devil. He will deliver you from poverty mentality that grips the nations. Every single day I hear the poverty principality uttered through people's mouths. That's too expensive. Oh, I'm offended. And that's too much money. And oh my gosh, the gold necklace. And oh my gosh, this, that, and the other thing. I tell you the truth. Get over it. All of that valley of the shadow of death, sickness of poverty... All of that mentality of not having enough, that lack mentality, was one of the main diseases in the day of Jesus Christ walking the earth 2,000 years ago. He had to teach on finances constantly. Why? Because there was so much poverty in their minds, in their hearts, and in their spirit. And the gospel will set you free from poverty exactly the same as it sets you free from immorality and sin and wrongdoing and hating your neighbor. Amen. He wants freedom and abundant life in every area of your life. And you have to be willing to give it to the Holy Ghost. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit's different than you. Are you willing to change your opinion to agree with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Lord? I will repent and agree with God. I am not going to be stubborn i am not going to be an unbelief i am not going to have a poverty mindset i will be clay in the potter's hand which means i'm going to be teachable we have to come to the lord every day and the daily bread is a feast only for the humble those that are proud those that are haughty and those that are stubborn they don't get the feast because it's the feast of the lamb what is the lamb we know it's jesus yes But it's the nature of humility. A lamb is dependent on everything. It's dependent on the meadow it's in. It's dependent on the shepherd. It has no defense system. If you understand a lamb, it's about as vulnerable as it gets. Every predator in the wild is looking for a lamb. Why? Because it's the most vulnerable animal you could possibly find. And lamb chops are delicious.
0: Lamb is delicious.
1: (laughs) But... We are lambs, but Jesus is our shepherd. Notice that nature is required to eat mm-hmm. with him at his yeah, table.
0: The, notice how they're feasting on his transfigured flesh, not gnawing on each other's bones and backbiting and <laughs> devouring and biting one another. So, you know, don't be an ankle biter because that keeps you sh- very shallow. And just want to review uh, this little bit here. Uh, that it's time for the people of God to start fighting the real enemy instead of each other, as Bob Jones said. It starts with us. We will be the warriors of God for his kingdom purpose. And there's a tidbit here from my notes. Attacking each other in the valley and attacking the righteous who are rising in circumcision will never fulfill your destiny or dreams. The clipeth uh, sorcerers are sitting on trillions of dollars And by accusing or being jealous of the righteous, you are empowering the clippeth sorcerers and forfeiting your destiny and grace. Time to wise up to the truth of the sapphire stones of Jesus Christ and be an overcomer. Uh, For it is written in Proverbs 21, verse 21. The lovers of God who chase after righteousness will find all their dreams come true in abundant life, drenched with favor and a fountain that overflows with satisfaction and also keeping in mind that there's no point in the people of god fighting one another and manifesting jealousy meanwhile the clippeth holds trillions of dollars by counterfeit sapphire stone kabbalah and then you're jealous of somebody's pair of sunglasses or a one little gold chain that is extreme demon possession that is, I mean, that is extreme
1: That's when you know the sorcerer's possession. magic spells are working. Are working on you, know, that's if that's your mentality. what their magic spells do, is they turn you against your allies instead of your actual enemies so that you're blind.
0: Right, so one brother or sister gets a spouse, one brother or sister gets a new job, a gold chain, a pair of sunglasses, a nice car. Like, people would lose their minds if somebody got a Lamborghini. Why did you, you know, Satan and Judas, why didn't you give that to the poor? <sighs>
1: A principality meanwhile, will die the day Meanwhile, I got you've got
0: wic- the wicked rulers in high places sitting under the clippeth with trillions of dollars from literally murdering people. And, you know, the only way to counteract that is to rise in righteousness. So just understand God is shifting things. There's only one timeline left. It's basically just a matter of sorting out who's going to be righteous, who's going to be holy, chosen, and elect. And who is not? And, you know, varying degrees of obedience and disobedience. So, it's that time that the chosen are being chosen. And we're accelerating even beyond that time. So, it's time for you to rise. And how do you know if you're walking in obedience to God? You can tell if you're obedient to God by how high you have ascended in the Sephiroth through circumcision of the heart. It's an exact you can measure it how you're doing. And uh, if you still have Malkut at this point, you're in total disobedience, total delusion. And you know unless you're like okay, you just got you know one of the four rungs of Malkut done, you know it's measurable. okay, we worked on that last week. I'm working on it. I know this was my this is my testing. It's not just confusion. right If you don't know anything that's going on in your life, what part of the test it is that you're passing you're just like oh, I don't know how do I get there oh no I'm gonna be left behind what if someone else is going faster than me then you're completely missing the point you're not loving God you're not loving others you're in total delusion deception you are serving false gods you're not a God worshiper you're a Satan worshiper even though you wish you weren't you are so you have to come out of that strong delusion and overcome Jezebel's tower. But how can you overcome if you don't even know what it is? And you're not going to understand what it is if all your eyes are looking at other people, other people's blessings. What they said, what they said. you said, they said, they said what they said. You see how animal that is, the animal chatter? He said, they said, but what if he's thinking that they said, then I said, and he's thinking that. That's how it sounds. It sounds like that. It's like, come on, man, like get up on the sapphire stones wouldn't but you we-
1: agree where 99.99 percent of people are is just acknowledging the rung in malkut that you're at and being real know where with you are. your own heart and you we have laid out all the lists of the very things of malkut that people wrestle with at mineral level plant level animal level and human being level and all of you Almost all of you are dealing with those levels, and to face the rung of that level and make progress with the sword of the spirit and begin cutting some of that away. All right, if you're on Malkuth, that's what the Father asks: is that you make yeah. progress in your rung. That's loving Him. You have him. to.
0: You really have to. In this day and this hour, there isn't any other options. No amount of witchcraft ministry, personal ministry, will help you. No amount of fellowship is going to help you unless it concerns circumcision. He's really squeezing, the Father's really squeezing it right now so that there's nowhere else to run and hide from your sin or to hide from the Father. You can't hide. You haven't been hiding this whole time. He just, it's going to get a little uncomfortable if you're trying to hide from dealing with it. Now, if you're on Malkut, it's not the time to pat yourself on the back. It's not the time to reward yourself it's time to get real and it's not time to be in the wrong kind of fear either he doesn't want you oh oh no oh make a sacrifice make a sacrifice no false
1: fear of the lord no false fear of the lord is going around it's a demonic assignment to take a lot of you out make sure it's not the false fear of the lord of the devil That's deceiving you. The true fear of the Lord is delighting in him and walking in a reverential fear. And it's always enjoyable. Awe and and wonder, like a child. Awe and wonder and his presence billowing and, and not the fear of punishment. The fear of punishment is not the fear of the Lord. The fear of destruction, any other fear is totally demonic. Don't be deceived about the fear of the Lord. Because when we're young in the Lord, we have ideas that suffering and, and fear of destruction is the fear of destruction.
0: Fla- self-flagellating. Yeah. That was it a was, good
1: post you had today.
0: Yeah, you know, what's funny is I'm in the school of uh, John Paul Jackson a little bit recently. And after I got done posting about this, the Holy Spirit is just going on about, man, these people need to get it together. You're doing the wrong thing. And, you know, the Spirit will tell me, hey, people are dealing with this. And then all of a sudden I see, you know, people saying things, posting things. And it's exactly surprise, surprises, wonder of wonders, exactly what the Holy Ghost said was going on. So I was like, well, it's coming to the surface, you know, it's better for it to come to the surface and come out, come out, be loose. And the reason why the Holy Spirit is telling me, like, he's not just gossiping to me about you. That's not God's heart for you. He doesn't come and tell me what's wrong about you so that I can sit there with God and be like, oh, well, they did, you know, can you believe? <laughs> so so, No, it's because he's passionately jealous for you. He doesn't want you with those other gods. He wants you. It's just, he wants you. So he wants you to put down the other gods. That's why, as he loves you, he wants to be with you, wants to be around you. He created you and he's got a very specific plan and purpose and design. And he really wants you to be able to fit into his design of the new heavens and new earth. So you've got to obey. Sacrifice. Again, you know, like Brandon was talking, this is a Holy Ghost topic lately is sacrifice and obedience. You got to stop just sacrificing what you think is good to sacrifice, right? Like your, your prayer, your fasting, your schedules, what you think you should do and should not do, what you think you have to do, you know, to, to do your destiny or whatever. It's about obeying what God tells you to do. So we've got to get the uh, earwax kind of cleaned out. right maybe get a little chunk in there. <laughs> it's like the Q- Q-tip, the swab of the Lord, the Word of God cleansing the ears. And you know there's this whole topic about the ear piercing of the love slave being the earring that you can hear God, but that's when you're becoming a slave to righteousness. Uh, we're doing this whole study. Uh, in the Holy Ghost, I think it was like last night and a little bit today, of becoming a love slave to God. When you become a slave to righteousness, you choose that, right? What was the love slave? he loves his master, they pierce the ear. You're like, now I want to serve you forever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's why I got mine pierced.
0: Yeah, exactly. Is yours? Oh, yours is on the same. Okay, so I have one in the invisible. Also, I'm, you know, as is female tradition, in our country here, um, in the Nefesh, in the world of Messiah. I have both ears pierced in the natural, but in the invisible.
1: And being a slave to Jesus is the best job in the universe.
0: I remember asking for that, and I felt them pierce my left ear. And yours is on the left as well. And so, you know what's so fascinating? I did a little Bible study. Do we want to do a little mini Bible study on that?
1: Always. Uh,
0: this is nourishing. God is nourishing. Oh, there's a bright flash of light. Hi. God is nourishing. He is nourishing the angels. Amen as well. Yeah,
1: release the glory.
0: Uh, he's nourishing the angels. You're an angel.
1: Psalms 82. Have I not said you are angels? Elohim.
0: I know I'm an angel, but I want you to know watching at home, you're an angel too. <laughs> if you were born again, that new creature is the angel. That's the part, you want to switch your identity to that part of you. The rest of it, just let it burn. Uh, It's not right about anything. It doesn't know how to interpret the Bible. Its reaction is always wrong. Uh, It'll lead you astray every time. But if you get into the river of God, which is the river of life, which is the Holy Ghost, that same river that's flowing out of the belly of the Father, I want to look at his belly with the Holy Ghost flowing out of his belly in that uncreated light outside of the whole realm of time since before the beginning since before there was a beginning that river i want to play in that river and have that pure connection to shekinah through that unadulterated just raw unfiltered holy ghost that's what i want i want that raw it's not. It's probably not vegan. Sorry, vegans. <laughs> Unfiltered, raw, glory-like honey, like that sweetness coming down supernal realms of glory through sapphire stones saturated with words engraved. Since the beginning when wisdom was there dancing at each engraving inscription, And isn't it wonderful? I think that's why the prophets like to dance. Amen. Wisdom dancing in the beginning. In a beginning. And I think it's time for a new beginning. For some of you watching, a new beginning, a fresh start.
1: In the glory.
0: In the glory, yeah. In the pure, raw, unfiltered, unadulterated (laughs) glory.
1: Yeah, just type it. God, please intensify your glory in me. And Amen. Amen.
0: And glorify your glory in us. Mm.
1: That intensification of glory, it says that I will only consecrate you by my glory. That's We read that in Torah today, shared wow. it on Facebook. So there's no sanctification apart from the Shekinah. But we need to understand, boldly approach the throne of grace. That means boldly approach the word in order to enter the Shekinah to be sanctified God will only dwell in Shekinah as it's written God is light the word light there is Shekinah so God himself is the Shekinah glory that's what makes you different what will differentiate us from every other nation Torah says and the Bible says that only God's Shekinah glory will make you different what makes you Christians one thing not a Jesus fish on your bumper sticker. Shekinah. That's the one distinct thing that makes you the people of God. Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, that Shekinah. Glory. Whew. Wisdom. You know, Bob Jones said that wisdom is going to justify her children. You talk about consecration, justification talking about sanctification, glorification. The year, oh well, this is uh, something Bob Jones had said about the year that godly wisdom is returning to the body of Christ. It returns by the fear of the Lord realizing that we don't know anything. And he was speaking that from Malkut that we don't know anything. He might have been speaking that from Yassad. I'm not entirely sure how high he got up That's there. That's a
1: little child who inherits the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything, but and I'm in the And that was Bob glory. Jones,
0: yeah. And he said, "Truth is going to rise up from the earth, and righteousness is going to come down and kiss it. And that the mind without an anchor of hope in these days is going to be insanity. So if you don't have that anchor of hope for your mind,
1: hope of what?
0: Glory." glory. That's the answer, isn't it? Glory. Why do you need glory? Why do you need glory? What it? are you glory. hoping
1: for? Only one thing. The glory. The Shekinah of Yarevave Jesus Christ.
0: Mm. Amen. You can only go glory to glory when you've realized the glory in you. Not in somebody else. It starts with realizing it in somebody else. But then you have to receive Christ as your Savior.
1: When you're young in the Lord, you keep that hope until you break through. Do
0: you what? know what the breakthrough is? Breakthrough? Let's. I think this is something the Lord wanted to talk to people about it. Mm. A lot of people don't actually know what breakthrough is. They only know external breakthrough. Oh. So, you know, well, we broke through and uh, the car got fixed. We broke through and now I feel good. Now the breakthrough and now all this external things is doing what I want it to do. We say that's my breakthrough. That's not breakthrough. What's that breakthrough? All right, okay, breakthrough. And I give credit to Bob Jones because this is... This is where where it's from, but it resonates and we've been walking in this too so we can talk about it. The breakthrough is when you break through this thing. When uh-huh. you break through, <laughs> this one is every breakthrough is only breaking through this rock. It's your spirit, man. Breaking through your mind, that rock, that stony hard place. It's
1: well, like going through titanium sometimes.
0: <sighs> yeah. But you can do it, because why, if you, and you know, Bob Jones, I didn't say this, but if you realize the glory, you'll break through every time. It's him in there, his glory. When you realize the glory, the glory breaks through. He's God of the breakthrough, you are not God of the breakthrough. You are not the God of the breakthrough, God is the God of the breakthrough. So you submit your mind, Take captive every thought.
1: I see the baptism of Shekinah fire. And the Lord says, I'm going to melt down everything in you until only Shekinah remains.
0: Permanent breakthrough. Amen. So if you need breakthrough, don't be bewitched. It's just this, you know, this mind.
1: Just think about your whole being as a a smelting pot for all the world. Because that's exactly what it is. You have a body and you're in the world, and there's a lot of stuff in you that you're not even aware of just because you're out here. The fire of God and the baptism of fire melts it all. I have come to bring fire. Oh, how I wish it was already kindled. That's the baptism of fire. That's the baptism of Shekinah. The burning bush, the word there for burning is Shekinah in the Bible. Therefore, the fire of God is actually the glory we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Most people pray in tongues and have never been in the glory their whole life. That's like most Pentecostals. I know it was in the denominations for years. They've never seen the glory and their Christianity is not about the glory. It's about tongues and stuff like that. Listen, that's a good start, but we need to go on into the baptism of fire, which is the glory. Now, once you receive the fire and the baptism of Shekinah, there is a refining guys, that never ends therefore he is able to melt anything in you and trust me everything in you needs to be melted down this is not optional if the fire of god does not burn it the father god and in, in the bible doesn't receive it there's not one offering or sacrifice from genesis to revelation that god received except through fire now in the new covenant that fire is shekinah so you need the hope of shekinah because you need the hope of the baptism of fire Otherwise, there's no way God can even receive anything in your life because He only receives praise, thanks, prayer, offerings, everything through fire.
0: Amen. That is so good. That is so correct and wonderful. So that offering, when you give an offering to God, when you give a sacrifice, what is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is something that you lay on the altar to be burned without any hope of ever getting it back. What do you mean? Well, like, if you brought a, like a sheep offering or a dove offering, when you put it on the altar, it was burnt. To, like, if especially if it was a burnt offering. Or even if it was an offering, it's going to somebody else. It's going to the priest and their families to eat. And most of the time, you, you don't get any of it. It costs you money, and it's something you give away without any hope of it ever coming back to you. That's, called sac- that's what sacrifice is.
1: Oh, the Holy Ghost burnt mm. offering let's go
0: yeah so a burnt offering here you go god take it and uh this may never come back to me you know at one level of giving there's the sowing and the reaping people say hey i'm gonna give to god because i know the principle if i give to god he give me more back so i need more so here you go god no problem and that's that's not a really good giving that's like that's like a slot machine jesus like Ching, shing, let me land the sevens here so who do you mean the gold coins are flying out you know slot machine jesus <laughs> let's go to vegas <laughs> but a uh, burnt offering is i may never get this uh amount of money i may not get whatever this thing this time this relationship i may not even get it back
1: It goes into the angelic. Yep. So we have to have an understanding of Torah, a foundation of Levitical wisdom to be new covenant priesthood Christians. If the angels are receiving it through Mm -hmm. Shekinah as a true burnt offering in the new covenant, it goes to Mm -hmm. God a hundred percent of the time.
0: You might sacrifice $50,000 in the offering and might not get it all back for five years, but tomorrow you wake up with a brand new mind of Christ and rainbow halo. What did you did get your return back immediately? But what was it? Like Brandon said, it's in the angelic Right. There are times when we make a sacrifice whether it's financial sacrifice or we sacrifice to go where we're supposed to go We sacrifice to be where we're supposed to be and we sacrifice to be who we are supposed to be Which means we sacrifice that fruit of our lips which means we're purifying for a pure offering Because only pure offerings are acceptable sacrifices without spot. So if you wanted to bring the fruit basket as an offering of the fruit of your lips, then you would purify your mouth and you would ask for the coals of fire to be touched to your lips that you might not sin against God with your mouth. Then you would engage in Torah day and night when you can. And when you go about your day, You would be careful about what you say. You would remind yourself every day that I'm bringing an offering of the fruit of my lips to God Most High, the Master of the universe, and I will do my best to speak no idle words, but only His Word. And what I'm learning to speak, I'm going to speak that way. And when I'm tempted to gossip and slander and backbite and fault find and be critical and accuse, I will refrain even if it draws blood, I would resist sin, you say to yourself, to the shedding of my own blood. And if you've never had that experience, it is an experience that you can have. Going up ten weeks of ascension. The fruit of your lips. That's the grace for rising. Rising. So if each one of these sapphire stones, as you're going up, are words inscribed, what does that mean about how you're going to speak as you go up? It means what you speak is going to change according to these sapphire stones on your way up back to the Father. So understand, when you sacrificed, your desire to gossip or slander Talk about others. You're laying that down without any hope of ever picking it back up. Because why? Because you're laying it down for the sake of living a sanctified life. You're laying it down without any hope of ever being able to have camaraderie with those people in your life again. Who you once had fellowship with, but you can no longer speak with in that familiar way. Because they engage, not in Torah, when they engage in words, they're not engaging in words of Torah, but in words of gossip and slander. So therefore, they have no place in your daily life and conversation. So you lay down those relationships without any hope of picking them back up again. No matter how long you've been friends, no matter how long you've been family, you don't engage in those kinds of conversations anymore so whatever it is that you lay down for the lord it is with the pure intention of possibly never having that again
1: i can see a vision of abraham and isaac as he just said that (laughs) the knife coming down of never having it again bam (laughs) there's jesus
0: (laughs) yeah but he did it he didn't know not only
1: can you have it again because you gave with your whole heart as if you had already offered your son and the, the promises of God. See, it was like the good things that God had given you offered up to him again. Mm-hmm. That is considered righteousness. The Bible says yeah. God considered that sacrifice righteousness. And therefore, Abraham became the father of faith and many nations like the stars in the sands forever.
0: Amen. Because there is no Righteousness. There is no righteousness without faith. And you cannot say that you've entered the realm of faith until you begin walking in righteousness. So all appearances of faith that are not righteousness, right doing, right standing with God, standing on the moon, clothed in the sun, climbing up Jacob's ladder. Why do you think the rungs are named after the patriarchs? Those are the heights that they got to, so he named them after him. Those sapphire stones already existed, but when Abraham came around, he rose in the knowledge of the ways of God, and he walked in that height. So God named that sapphire stone after Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Through the merit of their life of obedience to the Father, it's not just for no reason that they're referred to as the patriarchs—Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why is it? Why is he called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? They're saying the God of loving kindness, mercy, Gevra, judgments, and tiferet—the Son of Righteousness—with healing in His wings and His
1: beams. Because the inheritance had to be light of sun moon and stars otherwise you didn't really have an inheritance think about it it would just be temporary it wouldn't be permanent it couldn't be god it would just be from man it wouldn't be a real inheritance the real inheritance requires the luminaries every single time including your eternal inheritance it has to come from the bright morning star it has to be based on the sapphire stones if it's just in the realm of dust and dirt in the natural realm, that'll pass away. That's not an inheritance. God works in the eternal realm always.
0: Uh, do you have your Bible app available at the moment for Exodus 21 uh, 6? Let's see if we can go over there because we want you to understand, and really the Lord wants you to understand what it means to walk out and live your life. As a living sacrifice, which means an obedient love slave to Christ, which is what? Not some, you know, uh, hypersensitized over, you know, emotionalism, you know, I'm a love slave to God, but it's just about your feelings, feeling good, feeling swept up in some kind of, you know, charismatic ecstasy. It's not about any of that. It's about obedience. To the point of sacrifice. And for some it did cost them all. And it was obedience unto death. And those are the martyrs. But as we know in this time. God is not looking for martyrdom in the flesh. He is looking for you to be raised from above the dead. While yet in the body. That's the day and the hour and the time that we're in. So let's take a look at Exodus. Yeah, you
1: can't be a martyr when you're called to conquer death.
0: Amen. Uh, Exodus I think 21,
1: six. It is written, then his master shall bring him to God, the judges as his agents. He shall bring him to the door or doorpost and shall pierce his ear with an owl and he shall serve him for life.
0: Amen. Bond servant for life. You love your master. You want to serve Jesus for the rest of your life, for the rest of eternity It's not really, let me just serve you enough to get into heaven and then I can go around and do what I want. There is a place for those people in heaven. It's called the outer courts. And uh, that's fine. We love those people. We got family out there, you know. But uh, there's different levels of eternity in proximity to the Father. And maybe you are one of those people who want to be as close to him as you possibly can the most of your inner man's ability to be close to him what you were created for that's what you want to walk in the only way to do it is to be a slave to righteousness so that you're not a slave to the lusts of this world but in exodus we're talking about the left ear it says in the hebrew there then his master Adonai, which is very close to Adonai, like Lord, Master, Sovereign, is to bring, to draw near, to approach his Master, similar to Adonai Lord, which is indicating of Yadhe Vave will bring him before. But it says near or among to the judges, but in the Hebrew, it is Ha Elohim. before the judges or before Elohim indicating Bina and you shall take him to the door that's a Dalet I'm talking about the brain stem, that place where the knot of the tefillin covers the blood of Jesus, the word of God covers your doorpost right? And there's hints there to at So it says to the door or the doorpost. Well, doorpost there is the mezuzah. And the mezuzah, if you're not familiar, that is the little device that holds the scripture, the little scripture at the doorpost. So you've got the description of the mezuzah, the scriptural part, and then you have the knot of the tefillin of the... Blood covering of the lamb of the doorpost protecting you from the angel of death hmm your head covering. Yeah Ha 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 well Your soul needs it every woman should wear a head covering in church. What does that mean? It means you've got the mezuzah and you have the knot of the tefillin the binding and the covering of the blood of the lamb To protect your doorpost from the angel of death. It has nothing to do with wearing bandanas or not to be saved. Amen. Can I get an amen? For uh, excommunicating the carnal mind from all of Christianity and interpretation of the Bible. Yeah, you got to guard
1: the gates. Unless the guards mm -hmm. stand watch. Right? So where's the watch, the need to be of the guards? In the entrance to the soul. So... Right there in the back of the brain stem, that's where there's the connection of the dalet, the door into the soul. So, the you know, the eyes are the window of the soul, so you have five senses. But that's a special place right there. And so that's the place they're talking about where you see in Judaism where the yarmulke typically mm-hmm. rests. Well, right in that area, too, there, there's a reason why mm-hmm. the rabbis had them cover that area representing the covering of Torah mm-hmm. so that the fallen angels don't put their hooks into the soul to influence the mind for wrongdoing so there has to be a covering of the mind so the important safety measures are written in the apostles writings of how to protect the mind Mm -hmm. from the fallen angels because he doesn't want to lose you to the devil
0: right amen that's so good now the lord is going to be your rear guard unless what unless you go out in pride if you remember in the final quest when the Uh, Warriors had a great victory the most dangerous time for you is always right after a great release of glory or a great victory if You're trained well, and you remember your training if you uh, study and you basically, you know You act right and right standing with God to merit remembering your training That means you're going to be prepared right after a great victory or a great release of glory you're expecting uh, to be potentially be a little bit more vulnerable because of the potential for pride in the soul so you take measures against that and ask for humility after every great release of glory after every great uh victory in battle because victory comes from the lord where does our help come from we talked about it nasa our eyes to keter where our help comes from the Ayin, the eyes of god the eye of god and that is how he leads you and guides you so what happened to the warriors in the vision rick joiners the final quest When they had a great victory, they rushed out to go finish off the enemy. But they were not told to go. They ran off in pride. So their backs, their armor doesn't cover the back. The Lord has to be your rear guard. That's the cloak of humility. So if you run off in pride after a great victory, or right after a great release of glory, and you're just feeling, you know, relaxed and feeling good, and that was amazing, and then you start to feel a certain way, you want you don't want to have you don't want to be without your rear guard you see that right there behind you your neck your door don't leave that doorpost uncovered when you go into pride you trample the blood of jesus underfoot when you trample the blood of jesus underfoot there is no blood on your doorpost covering you from the fallen angels who deceive people so right after the greatest victories of your life that's usually when they try to get you to go and take more ground than you're supposed to at that moment, right you only attack and pray certain prayers, do certain attacks against the enemy when God says, because then he'll be fighting the battle for you or give you the victory when you fight.
1: It reminds me of something Bob Jones says, whether I'm taking a nap or raising the dead, the pay is the same. what's the pay the glory the glory so this is romans thirteen twelve the night. This present evil age is almost gone, and the day of Christ's return is almost here. So let us fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light. The word light there is Shekinah, which means the protection is the glory light that pays the same Where you, whether you're raising the dead or taking a nap, which means you're not doing anything other than to increase the Shekinah of God's presence, which is knowing him through your heart and then through your mind and body, living inside that cloud. It's a cloud of obedience. The reason why we do all these acts of obedience is because we want the cloud of glory to grow in our hearts. Jesus must grow inside your hearts as Shekinah light. Otherwise, the Bible says you have no armor, you have nothing different about you than the nations. Um, there is no d- distinct difference. Uh, so the, the light is what distinguishes you, protects you. It also says in scripture, like we read earlier, the light is what sanctifies you. So every property of divinity is imparted through Shekinah. So your entire relationship with God is the relationship with Shekinah glory unless that is the main thing in your life that you're growing in you have a christianity about something else it might be about some other idea some other doctrine or philosophy but it's don't don't be deceived that's not real christianity that's not what the bible teaches that's not what the apostles preached real christianity is all about growing in the shekinah always That's your hope. That's your focus. That's your knowing him. Jesus Christ said, well, if you go after the external stuff, but don't develop Shekinah, you'll go to hell. He says, well, the Pentecostals, they drove out demons in my name, healed the sick, raised the dead, did all the works, blah, 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 work, work, work. That don't justify you. That's why you need to have the attitudes, the same way, whether you're taking a nap or raising the dead, it's Shekinah. That's the knowing him. That's the intimacy. That's the reward. God is your great reward. What does it mean that God is your great reward? Let's remove the religion. It means Shekinah is your great reward. The obedience is for the glory to grow. The circumcision of heart, the circumcision of every rung, it is literally just growing from Shekinah to Shekinah. Your
0: your sacrificial financial giving increases the Shekinah. In your life and for people who love God, that's what's worth it for them is that they're doing God's will and it increases the Shekinah, which is their reward. And the other things that are added unto God under the Shekinah that have already increased, you've already experienced reward in God. So all the other things are just kind of an extraneous kind of cherry on top of the cake. You already have the cake that you wanted,
1: which was God. Well, you do have a lot of people that are not consistent in the Shekinah yet. That's why because sorcery is anti-Shekinah. So that's what all of you are dealing with that don't live in the blazing glory all the time. The reason is because the sorcery is so strong. Don't blame others. You can cut it out of yourself so you don't experience that anymore. Sorcery is anti-shekinah. It's anti-success. It's poverty mindsets. It's every thought that's not Jesus Christ's thought. All of that stuff is what steals the glory so that you have a different experience in life that's not this full armor of light of Romans 13, 12 that we're commanded to put on from the inside out. So therefore, we need to understand the things in our life that are robbing us of living in the greater fire of his Shekinah glory. And those are the areas we need to sacrifice, where we need obedience where we need to bring them into the light, where you need to let go. It's some kind of little fox, like Shadrach was preaching, they catch me little foxes to spoil the vineyard. What are the little foxes are the ones that hinder the light of the Shekinah God from blazing through us to live in the fullness of his glory all the time.
0: Amen. And so you can't really have obedience unless you're hearing God. And if you are his sheep, you do hear his voice. But what are these issues people come across in wondering... Was that really God? Did I hear him? Was that my own thought? Was that an enemy thought? You know, sorting out what are your thoughts? What are God's thoughts, you know, toward you? And what is the enemy trying to impress upon you to get you to go in the right or in the wrong direction? God wants you to go in the right direction, which is exactly where he's telling you to go. But if the word of God is being drowned out by the worries and cares of this life, which means the the gold, the, remember, the money, the spouse, the kids, the finances, the cares of this life. What about how I'm going to eat? What about what I'm going to wear? How am I going to have the clothing that I want? Am I going to be able to eat the food that I want? Is it too much food? Is it too little food? And then people just worry, worry, worry about all these different things. They worry about their job. It's drowning out the voice of God in your life. God's already speaking to you. He's trying to get through to you, but you choose what God you serve. That's you choosing what God you're going to listen to. So if you've chosen the wrong God to listen to, and you thought it was Jesus, but it's not, that means you're going to have to make a sacrifice of obedience to get back into the will of God and to step away from those cares and worries that are choking out the word of God in your life. Now, when God speaks to you, just like Bob Jones taught, it's going to be in your inner man here. What's your breakthrough? It's breaking through your skull, Golgotha. Where was Jesus Christ crucified? The place of the skull, Golgotha. So if you want to wear a crown of glory, it's got to get from down here to spouting like a fountain, like the river of life up here. That's that three-tiered fountain of the Lamb. It's within you. Hello. What does it mean? starts in here so first you start in this dry land up here the place of the skull wasn't that Golgotha kind of a trash place right kind of a trash place
1: outside the city gates he was crucified so he was outside the city but the city wasn't pretty nice that's where all the rich people were well outside the city was the, the poor the desolate the dirty the vagabonds the ones not allowed inside that's where he was crucified taking every curse of outside of heaven upon himself as our sacrificial lamb
0: amen thank you for it too lord we're so grateful for your sacrifice we couldn't be here living in the glory and having hope of eternal glory and life with you if you had not made that sacrifice for us we're so eternally grateful for that so we want to be faithful with what he paid he paid a high price for us to walk in this so we want to Give him a good return on his investment, essentially, in us. He should have a good return on his investment. And What's the return on investment that he wants? He's not just Pharaoh trying to rake in the cash. The reason why he wants sacrificial obedience, you think God needs any more money? God is the richest man in all of heaven. But why does he need your money in the earth? To accomplish his will. Why does he have it set up like this? He gave mankind dominion on the earth. So he is requiring our obedience... In all things, and especially about money, because that's where the obedience starts. Literally level one of Jacob's ladder dimension. is the mineral dimension. You can't dimension.
1: build with spirits down here. Yep. You build with the natural. That's why it's called jars of clay. You're changing clay. You're ruling over the clay. Mm-hmm. When you dash the nations to pieces like pottery, there's a rebuilding of the pottery. He wants your heart. Which means the the finances of the apostolic in the hands of the true apostles rebuild the earth according to Revelation 2 and 3.
0: Amen. Well, the Lord wants your heart. And it's written in the word of God, where your money is, there your heart will be also. So God wants your heart, but unless your money is invested in the kingdom of heaven, he's not going to have your whole heart.
1: The reason why it's the most offensive issue, you can just feel people's like tenseness around money when you say money. When you, oh, Because you know what? The Antichrist. Where's the crown of poverty? You'll see that every time in Antichrist Christianity, there's an Antichrist Christianity. But the high priest, Aaron, wore a plate of pure 24-karat gold saying, Holy to the Lord, so that you would know there would be always prosperity in the mind of the true priesthood, but there's poverty in the mind, Satan in the mind of the false priesthood. That's for your wisdom, so you can differentiate and discern what's on the mind if it's if it's a gold mind that's Aaron. okay now you're gonna need some discernment and wisdom okay i'm talking in parables and i'm talking in wisdom but you'll always find a poverty spirit on a religious leader that thing it doesn't have the gold on the mind it'll say oh give it to the poor do this do that no listen you only do the things of the glory if if god does not speak within the cloud you have a day off when you start to steward the glory in your life, you don't just take the glory and go out and build a ministry or go out and do with it. That's insanity. You will lose the glory as fast as the dove flies away. God, will, you know, you become a steward of the glory, which means you only obey what your Father's saying inside the cloud. That's how you maintain the glory inside Amen. your body.
0: So, how are you going to hear God's voice in a more clear way, other than those those topics that we've just talked about, the cares of the world? You know. All the the money issues, the issues of the heart, the issues of family issues. Those are the issues of life, the wellspring of life. That's why it says guard your heart. But that servanthood piercing of the owl, A-W-L, it's a piercing instrument. The ear ring. You're going to hear...
1: A marriage of hearing his voice.
0: Yes. So... Hearing the voice of God clearly is reserved only for those servants of God who have decided they're not just in it to gain their own freedom, but they want to be a slave to righteousness. They don't care for the lusts of the world. And in fact, they'll sacrifice it all just to be a servant of Christ for eternity.
1: That's so good. It's so true that the bride of the Lamb, my sheep hear my voice, which means the sheep are the bride, are the ones that love hearing... Anything he has to say, not just hearers of it, but doers. They love doing Amen. It. Obedience Shema. with a good attitude is the evidence of salvation.
0: Amen. And that's the Shema, here, O Israel. Well, what does that mean in the Hebrew? We just talked about that yesterday. It means to hear, to obey God, and to do it, not just to obey with a bad attitude, but to obey with a joyful attitude. Yeah. So until you've obeyed God with a joyful attitude, you've not obeyed him one bit. You're like the little kid the mom said, "You're gonna need to make your bed today, honey." I, uh, eh, 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 fine. Did that child obey? Shema? No.
1: Got darker. It
0: got darker. So even though, well, I did what God wanted me to do. I gave, like the apostle said, "You'll die in your own sin."
1: Gotta have a good attitude.
0: Whatever God asks of us, let us have a good attitude. Let us have a heart change to be tender. He loves us. There's a reason why he And isn't he that the fruit us? of the Holy Spirit in yeah, your life? That's true. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, as Brandon said, is a joyful attitude and obedience to God. And it's not just about money, but it starts with money. That's the very first testing ground God will usually take a person, is testing them first in their money. Because why? It is written you can only serve one of them. You can either serve money Or you can serve God. You will love one and you will hate the other.
1: That's right. Uh, The sacrifices of finances shows that you serve God and not money. And a person that doesn't bring financial uh, sacrifices never has served God in the history of the world. They've served money even if in a poverty mentality like Judas Iscariot.
0: That's right. So understand if that's where you're being tested, that's actually the very first, uh, the lowest level of testing possible in the kingdom of heaven which means it's the, entry level, system. right? So once you pass those tests, once you get over that addiction to mammon, right? All of the fallen angel stuff is addictions. Those are unholy addictions to a fallen angel life. So when you become addicted to obedience to God, even if it's something difficult he asks you to do, When the glory increases, which means you have more of him in you, you can feel more of him in you. More communion, clarity in hearing his voice. That's your reward and you're happy with it. So you want more of him because you love him. So then you do. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get rid of whatever else is in the way.
1: That's really what wisdom is. What is wisdom? A person who believes God is a good reward. A fool thinks it's something else. But you have to understand the substance of God, what God is. That light is the light of life. A fool will go after all the stuff the light creates. But a wise man will go after and develop God himself in their hearts so they have a wellspring of life springing up in them unto eternal life, it is written.
0: Amen. In that part of the scripture there that we just read, uh, and pierce his ear that word to pierce is Ratsa, seventy-five twenty-five or seventy-five twenty-seven, strong's Hebrew. And that's actually similar you won't find this in your lexicon, but it's similar to ratzon, which is a Kabbalistic term for will of wills, which is keter. So to pierce, ratson, pierce through by love, keter. So he will pierce, pierce through by love, keter, his ear, as in now. That's uh, 241 ozen, the ear. NASB translation of that is attentive, closely. Ear, hear, hearing, inform, information, right? Receive information from God, known, recite reveal revealed and revelation So the being pierced through by love of uh, Through Keter that pierces the that's the owl That pierces the ear the ozen that pierces through the revelation that's already been given to you so revelation is not the end of the matter (laughs) You see, the end from the beginning when you can sacrifice the revelation that God has given to you. When you're pierced through by love, cutter. that's when your mind is renewed to every revelation that's already been given to you.
1: And I could see in Torah that no servant would choose the earring here unless they had a revelation of their master. You had to love the master and have a revelation of the master in order to get the piercing. Amen?
0: Amen. Pierced through by love, will of wills, cutter, His ear... His revelation, hearing God with an owl, mm, with a, a boring instrument, not a boring instrument, but something that pierces. Cuts
1: a hole in something.
0: Yeah. It means to pierce through, to transfix. Transfix, to cause someone to become motionless with either horror, wonder, or astonishment. To pierce with a sharp implement or weapon. According to rabbinic tradition, he shall serve him forever means until the jubilee, which is celebrated every 50 years. And if we can go back to that Sephirot picture, that was really nice. The word of Moses in the Torah indicates the 50 of jubilee, which is, you know, the blowing of the shofar, the gates of Bina, as we know from the master class that is the gate of 50 that's um a bina there represented by the planet saturn the jubilee and what is supernal jubilee so a lot of you if you're going to exodus doesn't it don't you think it helps to know what you're exodusing from and where you're going the exodus is that 50 years so for you to come out of egypt that's for you to go to the world of Berea. Look at the, the side there. Bina, the world of Berea. The Neshama. When you have exodus from Egypt, you have a Neshama. And so it's broken down into the stages and uh, measurements of 1,000, which are measurements of worlds in the Torah, in the oral tradition of the exodus of moses so understand you're coming out of egypt you're not just coming out of malkut you're gonna have to come out of those lower worlds and get to the neshama for you to have a successful exodus so how many of you know that when they left egypt when they had exodus and they crossed over the river of fire there which is Yetzirah you can see that I don't know how many of you are seers and have looked at the river of fire that comes on from Cutter, down into Hawkmadabina, and then it goes across through the veil for the glory to come down. Right, Jesus tore the veil so we can always have glory coming down. Isn't that nice? That was very thoughtful. When it hits, that has said there, the top of the right of the fire rose, and you can see the the wheels of the Ophanim turning. That design. And it's like a mini generator, like how Absolute is the large generator, but this one's like the river of fire. It goes in there and it turns, and then it spins, and then it goes over to Gavra there at the top, and then it hits those golden wheels, you know, that, that that luminary surrounded by those golden rings full of eyes, and it spins, and it generates, and then it goes into Tiferet, and then it goes over into Netza, and they turn and they spin and those wheels, within wheels, they're spinning, they're turning, they're burning. Rings, wheels, full of eyes. Wings full of eyes. And then it goes down into Yasad, and then it funnels into the earth. And that's the source of all the glory that comes down from above. Now, you have the mechanism within you, but if it's all broken and stopped up and you don't know your inner plumbing... And your plumbing's all clogged with... What did they fill the wells with? Isaac's wells? Dirt? Scorpions? All
1: the demonic. Fill them with snakes.
0: So if you're all stopped up with snakes, but you have information about the glory because you've been listening to this broadcast, you're not in a great position because you think you know, but it doesn't work because the plumbing is clogged. So you need plumber Jesus tonight... Thank you, Plumber Jesus. Glowing
1: is knowing.
0: Amen. That flowing of the river of life needs to happen within you. Otherwise, you cannot connect to the external Sephirot. It only works with a type after its own kind.
1: Yep, the river of life on earth takes you up in the river of life in the heavens. Same river of life all Mm -hmm. the way up.
0: Yep, so think about technology compatibility. There are certain things that are only compatible with the same type of technology, right? Like uh, if it's an Apple, let's say we have an Apple computer and an iPhone. You plug it into iTunes, it automatically syncs your music. Why? They're compatible. They're the same technology. That's just an example. Now, the external Sephiroth, it's a type of angelic technology that the Father created. You have that same angel technology lying dormant within your spirit. Well, what happens if you leave your computer for, let's say, 5, 10, 40 years? First of all, the software is probably not up to date. Uh, the battery, I don't know what the battery is doing. It needs plugged in. It might need a new battery pack.
1: But, It'll be a freaking fossil, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, well, praise God he can bring fossils to life. There's nothing too hard for him. He's much better than your local geek squad. And uh, hopefully they're good too in case you have computer issues. Like finding
1: a rotary telephone.
0: Exactly. So, well, we'll just get a new software. Sometimes you need the new hardware upgrades. But uh, your angel technology compatibility with the Sephra is based on you knowing Christ within you. The river of life, which is the river of fire. Just like that one we talked about comes down from... Cut her out from the throne of God down below if you know the Holy Ghost through obedience. Remember, Shema, hear him, obey him. The increase of your obedience to the Holy Ghost increases your ability to hear him. When you become a love slave to righteousness, you step into a different category of hearing God. That's reserved only for those people. It's not something you can fake it till you make it. It's something that you commit to in that relationship with God, that you want to be like him in the sense that you'll never leave or forsake your Lord. That's your pure desire. You want to serve him, whatever the cost, and walk in what he wants you to walk into. That's when your hearing will really dramatically increase. But a lot of people don't want to really hear God because when you hear, you're that much more accountable to obey.
1: Scientific fact. The ears receive 1,000 times more light in the eyes that's amazing so that's really the main source of shekinah salvation comes by hearing the word of shekinah that's where it comes in and then it takes up residency in you you allow the word of god to sanctify you mm-hmm. in the shekinah
0: amen that's so good and we talked a little bit about poverty i think the lord wants to touch on just a little bit of rejection because a lot of people deal with rejection in their life and so we'll just kind of get a little bit of the holy ghost notes here a rejection first samuel 10 21 that says when he had caused the tribe of benjamin to come near their families the family of matri was taken and Saul the son of kish was taken and when they sought him he could not be found so in this verse samuel has all the tribes of israel come forward and next he selects the tribe of Benjamin, and then he selects the clan of Matri, and then finally Saul the son of Kish. However, when they look for him they cannot find him. So what happens there? 1 Samuel ten twenty through twenty four. When Samuel had all Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by lot. Then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin clan by clan, and Metri's clan was taken. Finally son Saul, son of Kish, was taken, but when they looked for him he was not to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord, Has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, Yes, he has hidden himself among the supplies. Well, they ran and brought him out, and as he stood among the people, he was a head taller than any of the others. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the man the Lord has chosen There is no one like him among all the people. And we're talking about Saul's victim mentality. This is really important. This is also, you know, we're in the school of John Paul Jackson. who's watching, I believe, from the cloud of witnesses. Thank you. You know, John Paul, for your interaction uh, with us and some of the other seers, some of the scribes. Uh, It's just really wonderful to have such communion and unity. Thank you, cloud of witnesses. Yeah, and unity. And it's amazing the flow. We get reports back from scribes who are going into the heavenlies. And they're reporting and hearing and seeing the same Bible verses, the same people in the cloud of witnesses, the same message from God, all independently. And we're getting reports back. And we're experiencing heaven while yet in the body.
1: Yeah, you had written in your notes <laughs> Hebrews 12 today, and then the owner of the place we're staying in gave her mm-hmm. a card that said Hebrews 12. Same exact same verse Same exact today. verse, yeah. And Hebrews 12 mm-hmm. is the government of the priesthood.
0: Amen. So Saul's victim mentality. He saw himself as the victim of David. If you see yourself as a victim, you have to end the person who can end you and stop what you want to happen. This is the opposite of Joseph, by the way. When Saul saw himself as a victim, he started victimizing others. This manifests itself as hunting David. This is the spirit of rejection. Whenever you have a victim mentality, you have more confidence in Satan's ability to attack you than you do in God's ability to promote you. It's very important for you to understand that even if you don't know it, you are giving more credit to the enemy than to God. That is a sin. When you wouldn't have the victim, so you wouldn't have the victim mentality if you understood who God was, what God does in your life, why he created you, why he put you here, then you'd know that nothing can stop you or keep you from your destiny. Victims typically feel like they never fit in. They're always on the outside looking in. They are oi- they always feel like the odd man at the party. In fact, sometimes as it develops, you don't even go to any parties, you can't go. Because you don't even mix in because you know that nobody wants you there. So you have to get an extravagant, overt invitation to get you there like you know, in this example, invite me three times and I'll know you really want me, and if you don't, I won't go because I think you're just doing it out of obligation, etc. You make it difficult for people to even show that they care about you. That is the rejection spirit. Victim mentality. The victim mentality we see ourselves we blame other people for our lack of promotion we blame other people for our lack of a good husband or a good wife we blame other people for our lack of a good job i didn't get the promotion because someone took the promotion away from me all those types of things you're never the one to blame you can't be the one to blame because if you are the one to blame then people should reject you and that's what you think if i'm to blame for anything then they have a right to reject me and I don't believe they have a right to reject me. So I have to make them look bad in order for me to feel accepted. Remember Cain was rejected and God had every right to reject him because he did not bring an acceptable sacrifice as Abel brought an acceptable and pleasing sacrifice. So if you have more confidence That Satan can attack you then God can protect you really take a look at this victim issue in your life if you have the feeling this is what are the symptoms so if you have the feeling that if somebody would have just said this you would have been able to get this right so if somebody would have just done this then I would have been able to get this that is rejection somebody else's fault. Somebody else is to blame. So we are to obey God out of our love for him and all of our good works, all of our good deeds have little meaning to God if our hearts are not right. Sacrifices are not bad if offered with the right attitude. So all the sacrifices, all the good deeds, if it's not the right heart attitude, it doesn't really mean anything to God. So what's the acceptable offering? It's a right heart. It's that positioning of the heart, that posturing of the heart, in humility, in love, and righteousness. The heart of the Lamb. in obedience the, to God. Every
1: member of the bride has it.
0: Amen. So what are those sacrifices that God loves? And this is from John Paul, the seven sacrifices that God loves. I think it's worth hearing again in a greater glory. Maybe right here, I feel so much fire blazing out of my chest right now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The sacrifice of righteousness. Where we become a slave to righteousness instead of a slave to worldly lust. That's Psalm four verse five, and that's the Psalm we were in last night. The sacrifice of righteousness. A slave to righteousness. That's the piercing of the owl, the piercing of Keter through Bina, your understanding. You get to the Neshama The sacrifices of joy. Psalm twenty-seven, six. Where we do not think of being a Christian as a burden. But as the Apostle Paul said, we press on for the everlasting joy set before us. The third one, the sacrifices of a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart where pride and pretense are never seen or even felt. The sacrifice of thanksgiving, Psalm 107, 22. Thanksgiving and declaring his works with rejoicing where we recognize and rejoice and the grandeur of how great God is. The sacrifice of prayer and the lifting up of our hands. Where we sacrifice our time and effort to focus on and bring forth his desires. Psalm 141-2. Abstinence from worldly vice. Romans 12 one, The sacrifice of offering our bodies so as to abstain from worldly vices. And false love and false fear. We talked about this as a topic today. We had signs and wonders to confirm that your abstaining from unholy fear and from unholy false love is a pleasing sacrifice to the Lord.
1: So good. That's exactly where the people are repentance from false love and false fear.
0: Amen. The offering of the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews thirteen fifteen, where we gain a new perspective of the greatness of God's acts and the frailty of man. The character that you develop in obedience or submission to what God wants you to do and what you hear God say is clearly seen by those who observe you. And when you obey God, you walk with a deeper confidence in knowing who you are in him.
1: Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of our beloved RLM TV community and honored guests, it is with a heart full of gratitude and excitement that I am before you today to discuss a matter of great importance, one that transcends the boundaries of our individual lives and reaches into the very core of our collective mission as viewers and supporters of RLM TV. Today we come together not only as fans but as stewards of a divine calling, a calling to support the works of ministry and secure a home for our spiritual journey right here in the heart of Florida. As many of you are aware, the ministry we share through RLM TV is not confined to digital screens before us. It extends beyond reaching into the lives of those in need, offering solace to the weary and spreading the message of love and compassion to all corners of our digital community. It is a ministry fueled by faith, compassion, and a deep-seated commitment to making a positive impact in the lives of others. Our vision is clear, our mission resolute, and the path ahead very promising. Yet to achieve the great heights we envision, we must confront the practical realities that come with the responsibility of sustaining and expanding our ministry through RLM TV. Today I stand before you, to speak about the need for us to join hands and hearts in taking up support and offerings, not merely as an obligation, but as an opportunity to invest in the divine work we are collectively undertaking. First and foremost, let us reflect on the significance of supporting RLM TV. Support is not merely a financial transaction. It is a sacred act of obedience, trust, and gratitude. By giving our support, we express our faith in the divine providence that guides and sustains us. It is a way for us to acknowledge the blessings bestowed upon us and to share those blessings with others. When we support, we actively participate in the continuation of God's work through the powerful medium of RLM TV. Now, as we consider the expansion of our ministry through RLM TV and the need for a permanent digital home here in Florida, let us view this as an exciting opportunity to sow seeds that will bear fruit for generations to come. Just as a farmer invests in fertile soil to yield the bountiful harvest, we too are called to invest in the digital soil of our community, providing a stable and nurturing environment for the growth of our spiritual family. The acquisition of resources is not a mere transaction. It is an investment in the future of our ministry through RLM TV. It is a commitment to create a space where lives will be transformed, where people will find refuge in times of trouble, and where the light of our shared faith will shine brightly for all to see on the screens that connect us. I understand that each of us has unique circumstances, and the level of contribution may vary. However, let us remember that it is not the size of the offering that matters most, but the spirit with which it is given. Whether our gift is large or small, let it be a reflection of our dedication to the work of the divine through RLM TV. As we embark on this journey together, let us be inspired by the words of the Apostle Paul. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9-7 May our collective support overflow with joy and purpose. May our contributions be a testament to our commitment to the works of ministry through RLM TV and the establishment of a spiritual home in this beautiful part of God's creation. Together, let us build a legacy that will endure, a legacy that speaks not only of our faith, but of the boundless love that unites us all. Thank you and may God bless each and every one of you abundantly as we embark on this sacred journey together through RLM TV. Amen.